Welcome to RCV Clips, short recordings and interviews designed to introduce listeners to helpful tools and brief explanations about ranked choice voting and how this voting method works. These clips are produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, a compilation of best practices and first-hand experiences from jurisdictions that have used ranked choice voting, also known as RCV. The website, www.rankedchoicevoting.org, and the overall project serve as resources for election administrators, voters, policymakers, candidates, and for anyone who wants to learn more about ranked choice voting. We are not advocacy-focused. Rather, we aim to provide resources that allow jurisdictions to implement RCV effectively and efficiently. The RCV Resource Center team is comprised of former election administrators who have conducted statewide, municipal, and district RCV elections. Welcome to the second of two August 2019 episodes of RCV Clips. I'm Chris Hughes, a member of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center team. This episode, we'd like to take a look back at the year thus far. So Rosemary Blizzard and I will take some time to talk about all the projects we have in the works that will take us through this year and into the next. It's been a busy year for the RCVRC, and we're excited about the work we still have left to do. Uh, I'm excited to talk, uh, Rosemary, just about all the work we've done and everything we have uh, coming up through the rest of the year. Absolutely. It has been a very fast year. <laughs> a very fast couple of years. So I guess uh, let's start at the beginning. Maybe for our new listeners or people who, who've been listening for a long time but still don't know, could you talk about how the Righteous Wedding Resource Center got started and, and why? Thanks, Chris. I'm happy to talk a little bit about the RCVRC. The Resource Center started in 2016, uh, was led by our own executive director, Gary Bartlett, and George Gilbert, both who have a long and colorful history with elections in North Carolina. As we got involved in ranked choice voting, we recognized that there was quite a bit of information out there for people to to read and, and learn about RCV, but it wasn't organized in a really central location. Uh, so we decided from that point we would be the resource center and use our background in elections administration and organize information in such a way that whether you're a legislator, an elections administrator, or just someone in the public who wishes to know more about RCV can come and get an, a good idea of implementation, best practices, and sort of the changing landscape of RCV in the country as we move forward. Our initial uh, program started with a partnership with FairVote. Uh, we have, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, a little bit of a teaser there, we have sort of struck out on our own, and we'll, we will continue to provide the information that we are known for, and that is uh, all things RCV. So that was supposed to be a quick sort of peek at RCV and Resource Center and how we got started. And with that, I'm going to actually give it back to you, Chris. And why don't you give us a little more information about what we've been doing this year? Sure. So this, I think, should help people contextualize, you know, how it is we provide resources to people, to legislators, to administrators, to you know anyone who's interested about ranked choice voting. Um, we've had three really big projects, or three really big uh, like lanes of projects this year. One of those lanes was presenting at conferences and providing testimony to legislators. Uh, the other was our symposiums, our podcasts, our webinars, the our sort of internet-based resources. 
Uh, and then we also have the universal RCV tabulator, which I'll spend a bit of time talking about, but I think we'll have a lot of news about uh, in the next month or so. Mm -hmm. So with conferences and testimony, Karen and I and you, we've been traveling all over the country uh, this year presenting at conferences and providing testimony. Karen and I presented at the Unrig the System conference in Nashville earlier this year to teach ranked choice voting advocates about ranked choice voting and to help them understand um, the election administration side of ranked choice voting. We also presented at the International Institute of Municipal Clerks conference uh, to about two dozen city clerks, teaching them about ranked choice voting uh, and, and helping them sort of wrap their minds around it because it's something most clerks, most people honestly haven't heard of. So any sort of way we can help people understand it is uh, that's our goal. We want to make sure people just feel comfortable with the concept of ranked choice voting. I also got the opportunity to serve on panels at the Midwest Political Science Association conference. Uh, there were a few papers about ranked choice voting written presented at that conference this year that I read and, and gave comment on because uh, we want to make sure that the research about ranked choice voting is, you know, helping us understand it better, helping us understand how voters use it better, helping us understand its impact on our election system uh, more directly, more clearly. Uh, and I also served on a panel at the National Conference of State Legislatures Summit, the NCSL Summit in Nashville just a couple weeks ago. Uh, that was all about ranked choice voting. There, it was a panel with me as a neutral expert on ranked choice voting. We also had some opponents of ranked choice voting and some proponents of ranked choice voting uh, to talk about our perspectives on the method where, where it is right now in the United States and where it could go next. Then, of course, you and Karen had the opportunity to go to California and New Mexico to provide testimony on ranked choice voting bills in those states. I also uh, provided testimony in Maryland. We submitted testimony to the New York Charter Revision Commission as they considered ranked choice voting for special and rough elections in the city. And we also worked uh, in East Hampton, Massachusetts with the clerk there as she was faced with the possibility of implementing ranked choice voting um, and with the county council, I believe is their name, in Nashville, mm -hmm. which was also interested in ranked choice voting and spent a lot of time on that this year. So that's <laughs> one of the things we did was provide, give presentations to teach people about ranked choice voting, give testimony to help them understand its impact in their communities. I understand that not only did we give quite a bit of testimony and serve on panels, but we actually did some hands-on uh, RCV with the uh, clerks at the IIMC this year. I understand that there is now a favorite pizza among the clerks <laughs> based on RCV. Yeah, so we, uh, Karen and I and uh, Dr. Robert Monjoy, who's the chair of the Ranked Voting Resource Center's board, presented together. And we ran a mock pizza election at mm -hmm. the clerks conference just to help the clerks, you know, understand how to cast a ranked choice voting ballot and show them how the round by round count actually happens. And we had five choices. It was barbecue chicken, cheese, pepperoni, uh, vegetarian and meat lovers. And to the surprise of everyone, including me, vegetarian won. Uh, <laughs> and like, you know, it was a transparent hand counted process. The clerks watched us. It was, that is the actual result. 
a majority of people actually did rank vegetarian pizza highest on their ballots, which I'm still sort of like coming to terms with. Uh, (laughs) I'm with you on that one. (laughs) But it was it was a great way to help the clerks engage with ranked choice voting, use a ballot, see how the count works and and, you know, wrap your heads around it because it is having visuals helps so much with learning about ranked choice voting. Just explaining it it is not it's it can get really sort of wonky and, and float away from you. Absolutely. Um, anytime you can show someone, it it does seem to make it a little easier for them to understand. So yeah. good job. Even if I object to the vegetarian, <laughs> pe- the, excuse me, the veggie pizza, uh, yeah. whatever floats your boat. Sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it is. So um, moving on to our one of our cornerstones of our what we offer to everyone. If you want to talk a little bit about our symposium. Yeah. So we had our second annual symposium this year. Um, We had six sessions for the symposium this year, one about demystifying ranked choice voting, one with candidates talking about what it's like to campaign in a ranked choice voting election, one with legislative staff, advocates, representatives from NCSL, and actual election administrators talking about how they've crafted and designed and improved ranked choice voting legislation, one about crafting the ranked choice voting message. So what we were talking about, how you break down a more complex voting method like ranked choice voting to make it, you know, approachable for for every voter. Mm-hmm. One session about the numbers, just all the data of ranked choice voting, what we've learned, how voters use the ballot, what sorts of errors exist, how ranked choice voting uh, impacts representation and impacts our democracy. Uh, and then also uh, our final session was all about software that can be used to present ranked choice voting results. Because uh, there's a million different ways to present all of the data you get in ranked choice voting. And there's ways you can make it really simple and you can make it also really complex. And the complexity is powerful because you can really dive in to the details, um, but might be overwhelming for new voters. So that's the software we talked about there was about it was giving options, letting you, you know, show a simple, straightforward set of results uh, and also dive deeper and, and to give voters the ability to sift through all of that information. And of course, we also talked about the our universal RCV tabulator, the software we've developed that actually is right now going through testing at a voting system test lab uh, for EAC certification, which will have more news about next month. I'm not going to get into it now, but <laughs> we, of course, we talked about that and demonstrated the software then and uh, showed, you know, how to use it and how, how it could potentially be used in a real life election. It's, it's going to be amazing once we get the certification and get to see it in use, but I won't give away any more information than that. We'll just have to wait with bated breath for next month's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's awesome, and I understand that we're also, you know, maybe there might be a visualizer of our own yeah, in the works. I was actually just on a, a, a call yesterday working on the visualizer because we, so we've been working with these developers, Bright Spots, out in the Bay Area on the tabulator, and that work has been really voting systems focused and very detailed uh, sort of back-end software uh, that isn't very voter-facing. But we also want to provide more voter-facing tools for administrators and for or for anyone else interested in ranked choice voting 
Uh, and so there's another developer who we met through Bright Spots um, who is creating some visualizer software that can produce multiple different types of visualizations of ranked choice voting results. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and it's coming along great. Uh, the, our call yesterday was really exciting because he's made a lot of progress in the last couple months. And I think we're coming really close to software that's ready for prime time. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I keep thinking back to my time as an election administrator in various places in North Carolina. And no matter the size of the election, no matter how contested it may or may not have been, you know, when everything finally comes to a head on election night, they, they forget all about everything that has gone on and they just simply want to see mm -hmm. who won or, mm -hmm. or, you know, how the vote shakes out on that first night. So having something that is voter friendly and very visual so that people can see what's happening, I think is going to be amazing and certainly make RCV an, an option for lots of jurisdictions who might have some reservations about how to get the information to their voters. So I'm excited to see how that, that works because you know it's when you've put in work as an election administrator and you're really tired on election night, the last thing you want to worry about is if people are confused. Right. Um, so you <laughs> kind of move on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with all of that, so, you know, it's, it's been a very fast eight months uh, and this is my first eight months with the RCVRC. So I've learned a, a ton and still have a lot of learning left to do, which I'm going to hope the adage about keep learning, keeping you young is true because I'm going to need it. Um, so, you know, we've talked about all that we have done and I thought we'll sort of finish up with, um, you know, kind of what we got coming up, because even though the, the year is winding down, our work is not. We, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are spinning off on our own. So we are now our own nonprofit, which has been uh, a really awesome thing to see happen. However, as you know, the behind the scenes of spinning off to your own nonprofit is not an easy task. But I think we have finally managed to work our way through the to-do list. But some of the other things we've got coming up and is we are still continuing to do our training and presentations. We are really trying to make sure we keep working on our program of RCV education. I'm going to Massachusetts next month to speak with the clerks at their local conference. I'm looking forward to that. Massachusetts in the fall is always a good place to be. Um, we are looking at potentially going out to Washington, the state of Washington, for the auditor's training there. That date hasn't sort of been set in stone yet, but we are ready to go when they call. And of course, you know, as our listeners may or may not know, if we uh, get an invite to various places, we are happy to look and see if we can fit that in our, our schedule. So if you've got a conference coming up out there, folks, please give us a call. We are keeping an eye on implementations of RCV that will happen this fall. There will be uh, East Point, Michigan, which we have been very involved with. There are two cities in Utah, uh, Payson and Vineyard, Santa Fe, New Mexico, as well as Las Cruces, New Mexico, will also be implementing this fall. So we will be waiting with bated breath to see how that goes. Not quite implementing, but sort of putting ballot measures out to the voters, giving them the choice to determine 
if they would like to explore RCV, our, the city of New York, which is very exciting. Our own Karen Brinson Bell testified earlier this year at the Charter Commission, as you mentioned. And so we were really happy to see that that made it into the recommendations for the Charter Commission. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on there in New York. And then I think Lowell, Massachusetts may also have uh, ballot measures to discuss whether or not to add RCV as an option for the future elections. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be some updates to systems to jurisdictions that are already using RCV, and that's San Francisco. I believe San Francisco is the largest municipality that we have that uses RCV. Yeah, that's right. So that's a, just a t- very brief touch on what we will continue to be doing for the rest of this year. Um, it It is a lot. And I'm looking forward to getting out and seeing what the last couple months of 2019 brings us. We are planning on doing a webinar in October. And we'll dig a little deeper on our tabulator and our visualizer and our spinoff and then all of the different ways that RCV is going to be used. So with that, I'm going to give it back to Chris to wrap things up. Thanks, Rosemary. I'm actually about to toss it right back to you to do this month's final round where we share an interesting bit of trivia useful tidbit or just something we thought was cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. So take it away. Did you know that STV, which we call multi-winner RCV, was put in place on the island of Ireland back in 1921? With the division of the island of Ireland into Northern Ireland and the Southern Irish Free State, STV was selected as the method to elect representatives to each jurisdiction's government. With Protestants in the South and Catholics in the North, STV was meant to integrate religious minorities into a government with proportional representation. However, while the South continued to use the system, the Unionist government in Northern Ireland soon abolished STV in favor of simple plurality rules. As a result, from 1929 to 1972, or for more than 40 years, Northern Ireland was ruled by a single-party government closely aligned with one faith. Finally, in 1972, STV was re-implemented in Northern Ireland to provide better representation for people of other communities once again. STV is still in place today in both parts of the island of Ireland, making it this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our second August RCV clip. This is a monthly segment produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Follow us on Twitter at RCV Resources, on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center, and check out our website, rankedchoicevoting.org, for more RCV resources. You can find our show anywhere you get podcasts. Please take some time to subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast, too. Our theme music is Flutterby by Poddington Bear. Thanks to Erica Frazier for writing this month's final round. Until next time, I'm Chris Hughes on behalf of Rosemary Blizzard and the rest of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Thank you.